millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, so today on the Explaining History podcast, I'm going to talk a little bit more about Italy at the end of World War I, and particularly a period from 1919 to 1922, uh, which ends with Mussolini's uh, march on Rome. In um, March 1919, Benito Mussolini forms the first uh, Fasci di Combattimento, uh, the fascist fighting groups, uh, who would later be the, the core of Mussolini's movement. And um, he, he himself had had something of uh, an interesting career, having uh, made a radical transformation in 1915 uh, from the left to, um, to the nationalist right. He had been um, a, a socialist um, writer and journalist and publisher. Um, and, but in 1915, he makes the argument uh, that uh, the Italians should intervene in World War One, and he's one of the uh, chief agitators for intervention. Um, he is a very skilled writer, very articulate, and very forceful, and takes much of his inspiration from the the, the writings and ideas of Gabriel D'Annunzio. So you you might in your essays, if you're looking at the origins of fascism. Uh, be able to draw that kind of line between the two. Obviously, there are lots more people, uh, lots more figures on the scene uh, with these kind of ideas, but you're not writing a book, put it that way. You're not writing a, a doctoral thesis. For an A-level essay, it's OK to uh, to make that connection. From October 1914, Mussolini was a, a professional agitator uh, for intervention in the war. Um, he uh, set up his own newspaper, Il Popolo d'Italia, and uh, by professional, I mean that he was receiving funds. He was getting uh, a subsidy from Italian arms companies. So uh, not much of a socialist. Anyway, Mussolini believed, as D'Annunzio had believed before him, that war would forge um, Italy's national identity. And the reason why Italians had not united as a homogenous whole so far is because they really haven't had the war to forge them into one. And he believed that um, a vanguard, a, an, an elite, a, um, a superman uh, would be necessary to uh, lead Italian society. Um, he thought that this wouldn't necessarily come from the lower orders. It wouldn't necessarily be a proletarian one anymore. It would be um, a, a leader of charismatic quality uh, that would be able to uh, unite the Italian nation in the way that liberal democracy had failed to do so. Anyway, I won't go down the road of describing Italy, Italy's uh, war. Um, I think we've previously discussed in the past that um, 
disasters such as the Battle of Caporetto, the various campaigns fought against Austria in the, the Alpine region, had a catastrophic toll uh, on Italy. And the outcome of the Treaty of Versailles, um, similarly, um, the outcome of the Paris Peace Conference, I beg your pardon, um, similarly um, left the Italians feeling, uh, particularly the delegation at the Paris Con- Peace Conference, feeling that they had been shortchanged and that the things that Italy had gone to war for, um, part of the Dalmatian coastline and the Irredental lands from Fiume, um, were, were being denied to her, which they obviously were. They were being given to the, the new kingdom of Yugoslavia. So from March 1919, the, uh, the Fatih di Copa di Bento um, are... Um, engaging in uh, anti-communist violence and it's um, in the eyes of some of Italy's middle classes this is quite timely because we enter what uh, is known as the Enno Rosso, the two red years, um, two years of very alarming uh, strikes, demonstrations, lockouts um, and industrial unrest and the, the fear is that a Bolshevik style revolution may well be visiting Italy sometime soon. Um, the uh, middle classes of Europe looked with trepidation to what had happened in Russia, and they also looked they were also mindful of the the fact that Germany had nearly succumbed to a communist revolution, and that very briefly there had been a Soviet republic in Hungary. So the relationship between uh, big business and fascism in Italy was far more intimate and well established than it was um, in Germany, really, until quite a long way into Hitler's rule. One of the first uh, services performed by fascism to Italian industry was the violent breaking of the Alfa Romeo strike uh, in 1920. This took place in the north of Italy, in Milan, at the you know the centre of the auto business. Um, there was less need for this kind of thing in the south, perhaps because there were fewer proletarians, fewer of a fewer working class Italians in the south, more of a kind of a. Uh, a more easily suppressed um, uh, agrarian peasantry. But um, throughout the uh, Bieno Rosso, um, the black shirts operate as a, an auxiliary to state force anyway. Um, in some ways, they echo the role that the mafiosi had played in places like Sicily in the 19th century of um, sorting out labour disputes in a, in a rather violent manner. And the fact that the state comes to rely on the black shirts even before Mussolini is in power. Mussolini stands for Parliament in 1919 and loses and then is elected to Parliament in 1921. Um, Even before Mussolini is in power, the Liberal government sees the black shirts as as a handy tool. And this in itself might explain the very peaceful transition um, to handing power exclusively over to Mussolini um, in 1922. I say exclusively, uh, the, that's perhaps to misstate the case, Mussolini was a, a, a prime minister in a coalition government in 1922 and he cements his fascist rule slightly, uh, slightly more gradually after that. So the um, essentially hired thugs of the black shirts were used throughout 1919 and 1920 as an auxiliary force and where they went, they destroyed trade unions um, using physical force, threats, intimidation, and large amounts of castor oil, which they poured down the throats of their victims, um, to uh, in- intimidate uh, the organised labour movement almost out of existence. 
the uh, um, left-wing elected politicians um, in places like the Po Valley resigned upon fear of uh, of their own their own lives, um, and the um, liberal government and the Gilletti is perfectly happy with all of this. The um, perhaps what we can see here is a, a dilemma similar to that that faced the Ebert government in uh, the first uh, Weimar government um, just after the First World War, where um, the threat from the left is perceived as being far more dangerous than the threat from the right, and therefore the use of groups like the Freikorps or the Black Shirts in Italy was seen as an acceptable compromise. And um, perhaps in making this gamble, what both um, essentially, in inverted commas, liberal governments uh, were guilty of, was overestimating the threat that the left presented anyway. The, the indication that um, Giolitti was quite relaxed about um, the, um, the fascist uh, presence in Italy um, is that in, in 1921, obviously, uh, on his um, National Union Coalition uh, lists, for the elections, the, the fascists were allowed a presence there. And this results in them in 1921 having 36 deputies in Parliament uh, following the election. Giolitti himself evidently got cold feet about his relationship with Mussolini later, later in 1921. Mussolini breaks his ties with Giolitti and actually sees whether he can have some kind of reconciliation with the socialists and whether the two of them together can defeat the Liberal government. Giolitti sees the Squadristi as um, a major threat to him and tries unsuccessfully to have them banned. And Mussolini himself decides to campaign on an outspokenly nationalist programme and founds the National Fascist Party in 1922. The um, threat that the left sees from this um, is... is evident in the, their attempt to form a national anti-fascist general strike. The um, general feeling in Italy by 1922 is that the country is potentially heading towards civil war and that uh, something must be done. Before Mussolini considered his march on Rome, he actually sounded out um, the United States government to see what their feelings would be. Obviously, uh, America by 1922 is um, retreating into isolationism and really doesn't want a great deal to do with the affairs of Europe particularly. However, um, the US ambassador at the time suggested that Mussolini might as well go ahead with it. Um, and this, I guess, reflects there are similar views um, uh, of fascism and Italy that reflected in, uh, in Britain as well, that, you know, uh, somebody with a degree of stamp of authority needed to uh, take charge in places like Italy. And there's a, a certain kind of slightly unspoken xenophobic conceit here that the, the Italians needed uh, a dictator, really, because democracy wasn't in their blood, or some such kind of, uh, kind of thing. Mussolini became aware of the uh, plans by um, Luigi Factor, the new prime minister, and uh, Gabriele D'Annunzio uh, to stage a demonstration uh, around roughly the time that Mussolini had planned his march on Rome um, to, to stage a, a great glorious patriotic march uh, in Rome 
which would um, celebrate the uh, Italian victory, in inverted commas, in the war. And um, Mussolini um, quite literally felt that this was going to steal his thunder and felt that this would be a, a demonstration in support of the Liberal government. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. So they decided that he would try to get in there first. And um, he galvanised about 30,000 men, not all of whom, uh, in fact a small percentage of whom, finally make it to Rome. Um, most of these are the um, uh, fascists who are dominating places like the Po Valley, which was the... Um, most kind of dominated and most occupied part of Italy by the fascists, uh, and a great many of them spread out and uh, seized control of uh, regional centres, places like Turin, Milan, and, and the such like. Um, the um, when Mussolini arrives in uh, Rome, his um, what he represents, his threat really to seize power, isn't taken seriously by Factor. Factor thinks that if he's invited into the government, then he'll. Uh, rule quietly by factor's side and really um, this was the kind of the miscalculation that the likes of von Papen make um, in, in Germany that um, Hitler can be controlled or in this case Mussolini can be controlled. The king seemed to be fairly convinced by fascism and the king was far more concerned about the threat of communism um, communism, um, the uh, the Bayano Rosso, had demonstrated to business leaders, to the military, and to the landowners, and to the king over the previous two years that any alternative was better, um, and that having a, um, a a strong anti-communist leader, a strong anti-communist prime minister, would indeed be um, a preferable state of affairs to the ongoing threat of communism. Also, uh, King Victor Emmanuel was quite worried that there would be a civil war. Unless Mussolini was allowed to march into power, he would fight his way in, and that was to be avoided at all costs. Um, so, really, Mussolini... I mean, and anyone who has sat through even half an hour of an intro lesson on Italian history will know, Mussolini didn't seize power. He was given it. He didn't need to seize it. Power had been... Um, 
arranged for him, um, or his his position had been arranged for him. Um, really, um, if anyone is um, to be thanked by Mussolini for helping him get into power, it is the um, it is the the labour movement itself that presented after two years of um, uh, of uh, uh, protest um, and the threat of revolution gave um, the the ruling classes enough of an incentive to want to embrace fascism and see what it could do for them. Anyway, um, so that's um, a brief bit on the March from Rome. I know some of my students at the moment will be quite keen to hear this, so uh, make sure you're making some detailed notes um, and uh, there's, uh, for some people, an exam on this fairly shortly. Now, for everyone else that is looking um, uh, to find something interesting to read that's going to really uh, give them a kind of a depth understanding um, of um, the dynamics between communism and fascism, uh, you need to get yourself Chris Kostov's The Communist Century. You can find it on uh, www.explaininghistory.com. Download that today. It will give you a brilliant, precise and accessible overview of communism in the 20th century, the rise and fall. It's well, well, worth, uh, well worth investing your time in. Anyway, I'll uh, catch you on the next Explaining History podcast. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.